You're listening to ReachMD, and this is Lipid Lumination, sponsored by the National Lipid Association. I'm Dr. Alan Brown, your host, and joining us today is Joshua W. Knowles, MD, PhD, instructor of cardiovascular medicine at Stanford University and attending physician of the Stanford Center for Inherited Cardiovascular Disease Familial Hypercholesterolemia Clinic, which is also known as the FH Clinic. Today we'll be discussing genetic testing, an update on where we are. Josh, thank you very much for joining us today in the middle of your busy day. Thanks for having me. So, obviously, you care a lot about familial hypercholesterolemia. I know that personally, having talked to you about it several times. Can you tell us why FH, or familial hypercholesterolemia, is uh, so important in terms of uh, awareness of the patients and public? I think the reason it's so important is really because uh, it affects so many people and so few know they have it. I, I know that you know this well, but there's 600,000 people out there with FH, but less than 10% of them know it. And uh, if you do have FH, it puts you at huge risk of uh, heart attack or stroke, especially early heart attack and stroke. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about the incidence in terms of how many we can expect in the population and then maybe a little bit more about why people don't know that they have it. Yeah, so um, we estimate that there are at least 1 in 500 people in the country have FH, a predisposition to uh, very, very elevated cholesterol levels. Um, It's passed in families so that if uh, one family member, if a parent has it, there's a 50% chance that each child has it. I think the real reason that it is underdiagnosed is because uh, some people just simply think of it as uh, uh, lump it together with other forms of high cholesterol. But... um, FH is really quite different because uh, normally individuals with high cholesterol only uh, develop that as they age, but in FH you get high cholesterol levels from the time you're born, and so your arteries are bombarded by high high cholesterol levels, and it puts you at huge risk of uh, heart attack and stroke. Yes, I, I've had some personal experiences, uh, as you know, with patients who... Uh had the disease, uh, their physicians had not told, had not discussed family screening with them. And I recently had a very sad story of a 65-year-old patient who had come in to see me and uh, had severe hypercholesterolemia, had heterozygous FH, and I suggested that she screen her children. And all of her kids except her one son in the military got their testing, and he said they should have found it if, if he got into the military, so he never went and got the test and unfortunately, you know, had a fatal event while doing a training exercise. So I'm sure you can relate to that. It's so, it's so tragic, It's but, you know, I think that that's the kind of story we hear very, very frequently, that uh, this is an invisible disease. Oftentimes, the first time it presents is when somebody dies or has a sudden heart attack and uh, they just haven't known about it before. So we're really trying to change that uh, get the message out that people should be looking for FH. Even cardiologists, even uh, endocrinologists, even pediatricians, they just don't have this on their, on their mind, and so we're really trying to change that. Yeah, I've uh, been struck uh, when doing presentations that many physicians are unaware of this diagnosis, and in many cases through some of the work that you're doing with the FH Foundation, uh, people have heard about it on the radio and asked their physicians about it, which has probably saved some lives. Absolutely. I mean, I think uh, organizations like the NLA educating physicians and then the FH Foundation educating patients is really key. That's really why I uh, agreed to um, help the FH Foundation out. It was founded by a bunch of patients. They had been dismissed um, and had early heart attacks. 
and really realized that uh, we needed to raise the bar on how we diagnose and treat FH in this country. So let's take a minute and just reiterate for the audience, uh, many of whom are primary care physicians as well as uh, lipid geeks like you and I, what the pathophysiology of FH is and, and uh, why, how it's uh, genetically passed down from family member to family member. Absolutely. FH is a, it's a genetic disease. It's familial. It's inherited. It's inherited in an autosomal dominant way. That means that if one parent has it, there's a 50% chance that each of their children will have it. It's really caused, as far as we know, by mutations in three genes, and all three of those genes are involved in the uh, catabolism of LDL. One is the LDL receptor, obviously. Another is the apoproteine B, which is the uh, protein that binds to the LDL receptor. And the final gene is PCSK9, which uh, helps degrade the LDL receptor. And so if you're, you have an overactive PCSK9, um, you can get uh, FH. All these mutations in all three of these genes basically impair the ability of the liver to, to handle the, F, uh, the LDL cholesterol. And so you get severe elevations in uh, cholesterol levels. Of course, the most common form is heterozygous FH. And that means You've inherited a bad gene from one of your parents. That occurs at least one in 500, and we're starting to learn it's actually probably much more common than that in the general population. Homozygous FH is much more rare. Uh, that's when you inherit a bad copy from both mom and dad. That only uh, happens about one in a million patients, but those individuals are severely affected. Uh, LDL levels are commonly above 500, and many of them die uh, before age 20 from severe vascular disease. Okay, so with all three of those gene abnormalities, the net effect is uh, elevated LDL with generally normal or slightly low HDL, right, and normal triglycerides. That's how these patients present. Can you give us an idea for the for the primary care physicians and whom should they suspect FH based on their lipid profile, and what are the diagnostic criteria? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think... Uh, the, the general consensus nowadays is that uh, if the LDL is greater than 190 in an adult, you should suspect uh, FH and you should go asking some more questions. Um, the actual formal diagnosis can be made using one of three existing criteria, um, and that depends largely on your absolute level of LDL, uh, your family medical history, your personal medical history, and your physical exam. There are some key physical exam findings that can help you uh, look uh, uh, help you determine if somebody has FH xanthomas, which are cholesterol deposits in the tendons and the, uh, the elbows and Achilles and in the fingers, um, xanthelasmas, which are cholesterol deposits around the eyes, and uh, um, senilis, which is a, a ring uh, in the eye that you can sometimes appreciate. Of course, these physical exam findings are very uh, nonspecific and or, or sorry, they're they're um, they're not necessarily there. A lot of times FH patients do not have these physical exam findings, and so the absence of them doesn't mean somebody doesn't have FH. So if you have a patient whose LDL is over 190 as an adult, right, that should make you suspicious. And then if they've got a first-order relative with similar numbers where their primary lipid abnormality is elevated LDL, that would also be a very strong indication they may have the disorder, Correct. Absolutely. And if children have an LDL over 160, that's also highly suspicious. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to ReachMD. I'm Dr. Alan Brown, and I'm speaking with Dr. Josh Knowles, attending physician at Stanford Center for Inherited Cardiovascular Disease and Familial Hypercholesterol Clinic. Um, 
So, Josh, uh, let's talk a little bit about them. Once you suspect that a patient has FH, uh, uh, we talk about cascade screening. Can you describe cascade screening and, and why it's important? Yeah, absolutely. Um, because FH is a genetic disease and it's passed in families, once you identify one person with FH, it's really incumbent upon us to look at the rest of the family to try to find out if there are any other FH patients. All first-degree relatives have a 50% chance of also having FH. So if you identify, for instance, uh, a man or woman with FH, their parents have a 50% chance of having FH, their children have a 50% chance of having FH, and their brothers and sisters have a 50% chance. So you have to screen all of those relatives to look for patients that might have FH that don't know they have it. And really, that's the, that's the public health benefit of, of looking for FH. It's not necessarily identifying that one individual. It's doing family tracing to identify other individuals that are at risk, that don't know they have it, and then, then can be saved uh, from having uh, bad outcomes by putting them on proper therapy. Right. So we often discuss starting therapy quite early in the children of patients who have FH if their children are displaying elevated LDLs. Uh, do you want to comment a little bit on uh, boys versus girls, whether there should be any difference in when we start treating and, and what their risk profiles look like? Well, I mean, the, I'm not a pediatrician, so I don't commonly treat the, the kids, but, you know, the American Academy of Pediatrics now recommends that um, lipid therapy, lipid-lowering therapy with statins can be started as early as age 8 for those kids with FH and uh, elevated LDL um, levels. Um, and generally, they're considered quite safe, both for boys and girls, although, of course, girls during, uh, during uh, times when they're um, um, thinking about having kids should, should go off statins. Yes, that's what I tell them. I, I know that girls sometimes, if they don't smoke, they have a little better prognosis until later in life, whereas we hear a lot of really premature heart disease in men. So, um, But I think that currently most pediatricians are starting these kids at about 8 years old. And if the girls smoke with this disorder, they have a very high incidence of premature coronary disease, correct? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so I tell them the same thing that, that you do, that, you know, we'll start start your children on medication, and when the young lady gets married and decides to conceive, that they stop the statin before they try to conceive and then stay off until they're done breastfeeding. Right. So I know that uh, you're doing a lot of work with the FH Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about how, you know, the foundation is dealing with some of these issues about inability to diagnose patients and lack of awareness? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as you know, the FH Foundation was really founded by a couple of, a uh, few patients, particularly the president, Catherine Wileman, who's a very dynamic personality, and she herself was affected by FH at a r relatively young age after having been dismissed by multiple physicians. And her long diagnostic journey made her realize that enough was enough and that we needed to start educating the public about uh, the, the FH and, and the public health dilemma uh, that we face. And uh, so we, she founded the FH Foundation, and we're partnering with uh, physicians and uh, public health uh, organizations like the CDC, uh, the NLA, and others to try to get the word out, uh, try to connect patients, try to get them uh, linking together, uh, identify these um, FH patients before they have bad outcomes, get them started on appropriate therapies. Yeah, that's terrific, and I know you guys have done some tremendous work. I'm just going to mention the website, which is the FHFoundation.org, and that's T-H-E, the FHFoundation.org. It has a lot of information on FH, 
Then I'll also mention the NLA's website, which is learnyourlipids.com. Uh, both of those have lots of information on FH and uh, would be a good resource for both for physicians and for their patients uh, regarding familial hypercholesterolemia. I'd like to spend a couple of minutes, Josh, to tap your knowledge on genetic testing. Can you tell us a little bit about the value of genetic testing? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the key for FH is that um, there are some, it's called the overlap problem. So adults um, can have FH level cholesterols because they have FH, or they can have very elevated cholesterols for other reasons. You know, for instance, they're very sedentary, they eat a lot of fast food, et cetera. And one of the keys is differentiating garden variety high cholesterol from FH because the garden variety patients have presumably not been uh, subjected to very high levels of cholesterol since the time they were born only as adults. So really what the, the way, what genetic testing does is it allows it to, us to unambiguously figure out who definitely has FH and separate them from these garden variety patients. And this is especially useful in borderline cases. Um, if somebody's LDL is above 350 or something like that, then there's almost nothing else that can account for that. But if, if an LDL is in a borderline range, say 190, 200, 215, something like that, then there's uh, several different disorders that you might want to think about, and, uh, and the genetic testing can really help arbitrate those. The other reason that genetic testing is extremely useful is in screening families, and um, that is if I've identified an FH patient and I can show that the gene defect that causes the the uh, FH, then I can use that one simple genetic test to screen the rest of potentially affected family members. And, uh, and again, this allows us to unambiguously identify people uh, in whom a lipid panel might not have been uh, diagnostic or might have been borderline. Um, these uh, use of genetic testing has been implemented in widespread uh, fashion in several European countries, including the Netherlands, the UK, Spain, and have, they have shown conclusively that you identify more FH patients if you do this cascade screening using genetic testing as part of your algorithm, and it's extremely cost-effective. So that's been the argument here in the U.S. is that the tests are fairly expensive and uh, not, not always covered by insurance. So I wonder if you could comment yeah, Absolutely. On no, that's you're you're bringing up uh, all the the things that uh, affect our ability to do things in the United States. We have a more fractured healthcare system, and uh, and oftentimes these tests are, are are not covered by insurance. Although I think that the ball is beginning to to swing in our favor, or the pendulum is beginning to swing in our favor. Um, companies are realizing that uh, identifying these patients before they incur, you know, the cost of a cardiac catheterization or the cost of a bypass surgery can be very useful. There are um, several other similar genetic uh, cardiac conditions where genetic testing is part of the standard of care, and I think that uh, we're trying to move uh, FH in that uh, direction. Well, Josh, I wish we had all day to talk about this because it's a fascinating topic, and it's so common when you go to the mall, there's lots of people walking around that have undiagnosed FH. So I really appreciate your help in the diagnosis approach to family screening and treatment discussion. Yeah, thank you for having me. So thank you very much for being with us today. I'm uh, sorry that we've run out of time. And I'm Dr. Alan Brown. You've been listening to Lipid Illumination, sponsored by the National Lipid Association on ReachMD. Be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com slash lipids, featuring podcasts of this and other series. Thank you very much for listening.